quirky, partly queer, and quite late diagnosed, you're listening to the Afternooner Asks ND Squad. ND means neurodivergent. With Sarah, Jay, and Fran. Sarah is British Chinese and part of a mixed NT ND family. Jay is Canadian, bringing up her ND family in Australia and is late diagnosed autistic. Fran hails from Germany and is self-diagnosed ADHD autistic. We're here for the straight talk, standing up for representation, breaking down stereotypes and challenging ableist perceptions. If you want to explore the autistic and the ADHD experience via K-dramas, we're here to discuss all kinds of neurodivergencies with a dose of scientific research and our own lived experience sprinkled on top. Hope you enjoy. everyone right we're back with another episode uh from the afternoon asks nd squad today although we are one member short sadly so uh today we were actually planning to record uh another episode entirely um but unfortunately jay can't be with us um she's not feeling that great so we're gonna postpone that uh and instead fran and i thought actually do you know what it'll still be really nice to pod so we're actually kind of doing a slightly off the cuff (laughs) episode which we've talked about doing before but we've really cobbled the script together today so um apologies if it's a little bit scattered but i kind of think that might be more fitting with the theme anyway (laughs) because it kind of fits with what we're going to talk about today which fran do you want to talk about so we're calling ourselves the nd squad nd for neurodivergent but so far we've only focused on autistic characters in k-drama and autism in general so today we decided we're gonna cover um adhd the idea kind of came from our suspicious partner podcast because a couple of our listeners act suggested that Bongi, the female lead in that drama, might be ADHD. And we couldn't stop thinking about it. We've like looked into other ADHD characters in K-drama, but we thought it would be best to do an ADHD 101 first. And then ADHD characters in the future episode. Sarah said that we've kind of we're kind of improvising tonight's um podcast. But if you have any questions about any anything really that we discuss, or if you think we've missed something, please just let us know and we can cover it in a future episode on ADHD. Yes, definitely. Um we are gonna discuss uh so the 101 is gonna cover typical ADHD traits. Uh, we're going to have a little bit about a chat about kind of what that means to us, like um, in our lives. And then also we're going to have a brief chat about um, ADHD, potential ADHD characters in in K-drama. But um, this won't be the only episode that we do. And so future episodes, we'd love to feature more of your thoughts and uh, your views and other characters that you might have come across that remind you um of adhd people or have what you think are adhd traits so before we start that can we have a chat about adhd itself so fran what's your connection to adhd other than that i've got actually got lots of adhd friends i think people might have noticed this in our introductions from the last few pods that um, i started out as introducing myself as um, autistic and then i've kind of like merged into saying i'm adhd so i'm autistic and adhd so i'm pretty pretty sure that i'm not just autistic but also adhd so i do have lived experience 
Yes. And just to reiterate as well on this pod, um, we absolutely support self-diagnosis. We don't think that everybody needs to be formally diagnosed to either be autistic or ADHD, um, especially given how hard it can be, especially for adults, um, pathway to being diagnosed. So if you potentially feel like you might identify with ADHD or being uh, autistic, um, but you haven't been formally diagnosed and you feel like a bit of a fraud, and um, we talked previously about imposter syndrome, that um, we we throw no judgment on, on anybody. Um, self-diagnosis is absolutely valid um, for us. And and who are we to judge anyway? Um, so for myself, obviously, I've I've uh, talked before. I'm um, the neurotypical person on this podcast, um, but uh, we have ADHD in our family, um, and so uh, I feel like I live ADHD, even though I'm not ADHD myself. But I live with um, <laughs> many of the ADHD traits, and we've all gone through a journey as our family have kind of worked out what ADHD means. Because for for us, this diagnosis came as to a family quite late, I guess, in our journey. Um, so kind of similar to you, friend, that the autism was um, flagged first. And mm. I think actually, I think we're going to come on to this in our discussion, but I think the understanding around ADHD is probably a little bit skewed to the hyperactivity side of it and not some of the mm. other, um, traits. Um, and so we've all been in our family, we've all been on a journey of what ADHD traits are, what are they, what they typically are, and also how we help and how we manage those. And I think pertinent to our discussion as well, that there's a lot of shaming in some of the things that ADHD people struggle with, uh, especially around executive function um, and um, kind of boring adulting things that we need to do, <laughs> uh, which we will touch on. So um, that's my my experience. Again, as we always caveat that uh, we are not obviously speaking for all ADHD people. We're definitely not speaking as ADHD uh, experts. And obviously I'm neurotypical, so I have no lived experience of ADHD at all. Um, so uh, what we say comes with a huge caveat, but we hope that you would find the topic interesting, uh, especially for those of you who don't perhaps know a lot about ADHD um, and that we hope it provokes some kind of thoughts um, around what you may have may not seen in K dramas uh, that are related to ADHD. I think I think it's also good to say that this is just like a very short introduction we're going to do here. We're going to put some links in the show notes for further reading for anyone who's interested. So this is not at all like full whatever analysis of everything. Yes, exactly. So again, just like with autism, there is some debate on ADHD, whether people prefer person first or identity first. So identity first would be saying somebody is, uh, so if we use the autism example, an autistic person is identity first because we're putting the identity of uh, the neurodivergency first. Um, And a people first would be uh, a person with autism. So generally speaking in the autistic world, people prefer identity first for autism um, because often the theory is with autism that uh, if you say a person with autism, it makes it sound like that person could potentially be whole without their autism. And their autism is like some kind of, I don't know, carry on or accessory that they they have and they can take it on or off with will, at will. Um, But actually that's not the case. We see um, an autistic person is autistic all the way through and it's not something they can choose to be or not to be. Um, However, I think with ADHD, 
my understanding, Fran, correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's a little bit less uh, clear cut. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we're there's like also like on the autism thing that I don't think we can really speak of a consensus here, but uh, it's just like what you see on social media, what people are discussing, that it's like leaning more towards or what, what I've experienced um, is leaning more towards the, um, what was it, identity first um, yes. uh, language. But with ADHD, and I don't really know where it comes from. Maybe it comes from the idea that ADHD or certain types of ADHD can be medicated, that it's more seen as sort of, I don't know, disease. And that's why people maybe more often say they have ADHD rather than they are ADHD, but I have definitely seen both and I haven't quite made up my mind where I stand on the issue, I have to admit. Mm, yes, good. Thanks for clarifying that. As I said at the top, I think for a for, for those who maybe only have a, a, a small understanding or a low, slight understanding, sorry, of ADHD, I think the stereotypical thing of ADHD is obviously in, its, in the actual acronym so attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and it's really in the hyperactivity that I think that a lot of people think of as ADHD so mm. um do you think that's a common kind of misunderstanding of that being pretty much the only thing that is the key trait of being ADHD yeah I really think so I think it's a bit like we had with the autism thing right there's the stereotype of the autistic male child right that's mm. super into trains or something like that and like yes. i don't know really good at there's the there's yeah there's the same thing for adhd you've got again it's mostly a male child who just runs around and can't sit still and mm. is disruptive yes and can't follow instructions and it's just like yeah too much to handle in the classroom usually that's kind of the stereotype that i've grown up with yes but actually, it, and that is the stereotype, yeah. But actually, I think um, it's more, unsurprisingly, more complicated than that. And uh, actually, <laughs> it, it doesn't always apply. So some people with ADHD uh, definitely are uh, kind of <laughs> have high levels, of, high levels of energy, are very um, easily distracted. But there are other people who are ADHD or um, identified as ADHD and don't have uh, predominantly either of those traits, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, they do say nowadays that there's different types of ADHD, that there is the hyperactive type of ADHD, that there's an inattentive type of ADHD, and that there's a combination of both. Mm. I don't know how accurate that actually describes things or if people are just trying to make the original ac acronym of you know hyperactivity um, syndrome um, yeah. fit what actually they see now in people. So shall we go into some of the more common ADHD traits then? Yeah I think um, rather than rather than um, discussing what uh, where, where it all from maybe it would be better to kind of like just go through some of the symptoms some of the things people might just recognize from stereotypes and from the not so stereotypes yes great what kind of things come to mind for you Fran if someone were to say to you what are some of your ADHD traits and then we're back to the acronym again um the 
attention and focus thing is I think a huge ADHD thing um, but I wouldn't say that from from the stereotype it's always that people can't focus that ADHD people can't focus on anything mm. they can't concentrate on anything mm. that they're supposed to do and I think we're now discovering that that's only one side of the coin uh, because there's also the hyper focus in ADHD so actually while a lot of the times it can appear that people can't concentrate and focus on things in other situations when you have the hyper focus they're so focused on things that you're just I don't know you get lost in whatever you're researching or whatever just you know caught your interest so I think people are starting to shift towards an understanding of ADHD that just we're kind of like you can't manage where your attention and your focus are and you have to kind of like just go with the flow or go with the dopamine and just hope you get lucky (laughs) I don't know if you if you recognize that absolutely and and um so the way that um the people in my family have have kind of explained it is actually it goes sometimes for them it goes hand in hand with the task avoidance um Mm. trait so task avoidance is where um, and I think all humans, all of us as humans know what task avoidance means, you know, so we're procrastinating or doing something else rather than the thing that we actually have to do. Um, but I think for ADHD people, it's 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 just very common and very difficult to overcome. Um, so for them, often the task avoidance turns into, oh, I'm going to look this thing up about whales. I suddenly need to find out how baleen whales feed. And then 10 hours later in this rabbit hole of looking at baleen whales, they kind of surface and realize that, yes, not only this task that um, was maybe going to take five minutes to do, they haven't done it and perhaps missed a deadline or it had been a really important task, but the task avoidance thing had led to this hyper fixation focus on this, you know, thing that had crossed their mind, you know, whilst they were avoiding the task. And then they've only realized because then time management and time blindness is another thing. Like (laughs) 10 hours later, that actually they've spent all of this time researching um, this thing that had absolutely, you know, no real time criteria. Like it wasn't a task that they yes. needed to do, but yeah, it was just yeah. something that they were, and they could then, you know, tell me everything about how baleen whales had, fe- had fed because they'd gone down this rabbit hole. I've been yes. hyper-focused on looking this topic up and being so interested and they could probably write a whole essay about it. Um, so yeah, these are kind of like where the traits kind of meld into to one to kind of, you know, yeah, produce some, um, yeah. produce it, yeah. And the problem with that is that people are always like, oh my God, you know, you've read so much about that and you know so much about this topic now because, you know, you've hyper-focused on something. Yeah. But you you can't, you have no control over this. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. And you can't, you know, you can't, I mean, Maybe, you you know, some people can use it, but a lot of the times you can't use it for what you actually needed to do. Like yeah. I've just spent three days, I've had three days of nothing to do. And I've got an assignment due in two days and I haven't done anything for this assignment. I've just done other things. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's so frustrating. And I just physically, it was impossible absolutely impossible for me to do anything for this assignment and I don't have any solution for this yeah yeah it's uh it is a really interesting conundrum (laughs) 
yeah. So the other thing that I just mentioned was time blindness and time management. Um, do you want to talk us a little bit, talk us through that a bit? Yeah, I just um, did a little bit of research on this. Um, that was basically saying that time for a lot of ADHD people doesn't have a lot of meaning. So there isn't necessarily a dis difference between, you know, do something in five minutes and do something in one hour and five minutes or something like that. Mm. There's only, you can do it now or it's later. Yes. But the kind of like the feeling for, okay, I can do it in five minutes. And then the feeling when five minutes is, or when an hour later is, is kind of missing. So that, you know, those five minutes, they were supposed to, you know, like wait until they do something, just turn into something much longer, which I thought was quite kind of interesting. I've, Never thought of it, about, uh, never thought about it like that. But it yeah. does make a lot of sense. Yes. And the other thing about um, time blindness is, I read kind of like a different way to phrase it that was um, kind of time optimism, <laughs> ah, and I know this yeah. very very well. <laughs> I think um, I know what this is. I think because we yes. know this a lot as well. But yeah, carry on. <laughs> It's just that you, you know, you have a certain amount of time until you have to leave the house for an appointment and you just think you can do so much more in that time than you can realistically do. Yeah. And yeah, I'm always exactly 15 minutes late to meetings with friends because that is the time it needs me to get I take to get ready at home, like putting yeah. on my shoes, you know, like whatever, getting dressed and all this stuff. Because I just always forget about that part. Mm. When I know I have to leave at 11, then yeah. I stop the task I'm doing at 11 rather yeah. than stop 15 minutes earlier. But I'm like, I don't, and I don't know if that's like the autistic part in me. I feel like if I think through the whole thing, if I think through every single step I have to do to get ready and kind mm. of like plan it all out beforehand, then right. it works, then I'm yeah. not late. But I have to obviously remember to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, it's really difficult. But yeah, to totally, I totally um, have time optimism. I always think I can do so many more things um, than I actually can. But again, yeah. it's, it's one of those traits where different things come together. Um, what is it called? Um, uh, transitioning tasks, for instance. Mm. I've yes. got like a huge problem, like stopping and starting tasks. Yes. So, so you need extra time to to stop something and then start something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which then makes me late again. Yes. Um, yeah. And just yeah. like the whole like executive dysfunction. And yeah, it's it's all kind of like different shades of a similar thing and blending together. Mm. Yeah. So in, in our house, we have um, basically to me, looking from the outside it always seems kind of quite extreme so they'll either be um incredibly anxious that they're going to be late for a time that is mm. quite far in the future so there's this flurry of activity where they're behaving as if there is no time left in the world to do all the things they need to do to leave the house and i'm going it's 45 minutes away so you could just calm down that just take your time a little bit yeah or yeah, the yeah. other stream where they're strolling around without a care in the world and we're like yeah. we're leaving 
in five minutes why are you still why are you wandering around like not quite yet dressed and not with your stuff together and then yeah, it's like yeah. go 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 and both yeah. things are really stressful to watch and um again like I said we've come to discover our ADHD-ness in this family so I think we're all just still learning how to to, to manage around it um yeah because I think for a long time I was just just going like why 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 can you sometimes be like this and then sometimes be like this you know yeah. Like, yeah 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 and for me the problem is like I'm very regular in how late I am right so I could just say to people look I'm gonna be 15 minutes late but as soon as I say that and people know that yeah. I'm gonna be 15 minutes late to that right later than the 15 minutes <laughs> yes because then I know oh they're already expecting me to be 15 minutes late so it's it's okay I've got 15 got minutes more... longer okay. yeah 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 which yeah, obviously makes... is not the case so <laughs> I've said this to friends I've said said look you need to realize by yourselves how much I'm gonna be late I can't tell you because that will mean I'm just gonna be even you know it's like even a later, weird yeah. weird psychological thing but I've basically told them look figure it out yourselves I am going to be late. I can't tell you how much or, you know, you have to figure it out yourselves because otherwise I'm going to manipulate myself again. It's just <laughs> so bad. Um, but yeah, I've got a really funny anecdote from when I was a teenager about time blindness because I managed, and I don't know how I managed this, but I somehow managed to be um, at a meeting point exactly one hour too late right so somehow I hadn't like I don't know my calculations I had like calculated it all but somehow I had like you know like miscalculated and I my mom was supposed to meet me in the market square and bring me my guitar for my guitar lesson and she wasn't there and I got really angry so I like went to where she worked and I was just really angry at her why didn't you bring my guitar why weren't you there and I didn't even let her say anything I just grabbed my guitar and went to my guitar lesson and when I got to the guitar lesson place um there was another student with the teacher because obviously it was one hour later and oh. it was only then that I noticed what what the time was and I was just like how did this happen how have I not noticed that I'm like a whole hour late it was such a weird experience so were you an hour late to meet your mum as well then is that yes right right everything was an hour late <laughs> yeah which is why she hadn't been there because it wasn't the time like no, she had been, thought I had been waiting up. there for like an hour yes. she'd waited for you an hour earlier yes, oh. it was very embarrassing and I had to apologize to her a lot um, but yeah <laughs> since then I've been very anxious about this and I always like calculate like three or four times um if I'm like and I'm always like god I can't mess this up again um. <laughs> yes yeah the one thing that we uh that I noticed you've written you've written down that uh, also really strikes a chord with me is needing dopamine is what you've written so novelty or stimulation to keep attention yeah I think that's this is like you know the whole um uh, hyper focus and like what what you focus on if it doesn't give you this dopamine kick you just can't do it and that's I think why researchers and professionals and things like that are moving on to kind of it's a physical 
thing it's like a chemical imbalance in the yes. brain yes and it isn't like it, like we, we we're coming back to we haven't actually talked about this but the whole shame thing like people really beat themselves up about not being able to focus on things not being mm. able to do things um and i know this from personal experience like these three days i've just wasted not doing my assignment like i've i've been stressing so much and i've been upset with myself so much because i haven't been able to do it but it's just you know i mean if, if it's something in your brain that just doesn't you know like work it doesn't give you the right chemicals to kind of like do it then there's nothing you can do about it right yeah yeah and so needing a dopamine fix could come in different guises right so then i think the some adhd people will then therefore need to eat certain things or drink certain things or pursue certain hobbies that uh that kind of give them that dopamine fix in order to mm. balance their levels internally yeah and for me it's um I don't stick with things for very long. I always like new things. I always like to learn something new. I always like, I always like talking to people and hearing about their passions because it, you know, all those things, all those new things, always give me a dopamine kick. But if I if I've started a hobby or I've started learning a skill, I'm it kind of wears off as soon as kind of like have a basic understanding of it. I yeah. never go into depth because then the novelty has worn off. I don't get as much dopamine anymore. Mm. So I move on to a new thing instead rather than yeah. deepening my knowledge of, of this one particular thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense too. Um, Which can be great, but you know, it can also, you know, I think it's, um, this is one of the, uh, there are lots of stories of people with ADHD who can't hold jobs because they get bored. Yes, and I think this is one of the one of the reasons for that. That kind of like I could I could easily I think get into jobs and kind of like learn all the necessary stuff that's uh, that I need for a job, mm -hmm. but then I get bored with it after a certain amount of time. Yes, so it's uh, a difficult thing to manage yes yes i can see that um and then another trait which i think we've mentioned now a couple of times is executive function or rather the lack of executive function um so do you want to uh, explain a little bit more about what this is mm, yeah i think um this is one one of the shared traits with autism you're just unable to do something <laughs> and you can't decide why or you can't uh, figure out why i don't yeah i have no idea how to say how to explain this yeah um, so i think for me it's just i consider it like daily tasks so somebody with a lack of executive function for example would find it quite hard to organize uh, what they needed for the day right so um say you're going to school and you have various different lessons that need various different books um some will have homework deadlines that are today some are tomorrow some are like next week um some need different kit uh and you need to prepare it all and you need to have that ready every day and you need to have this timetable in your head of where you need to be and where you need to go and which lesson and, and what you're doing um and all of that is an executive function of managing that right of, of holding all those different things in your head um all those different um threads 
and plans mm. and timelines and seeing all the different plans. steps you yes. have to do for that yes exactly that's, that's yeah that's a big thing yes so seeing yeah. what you need to do to be prepared for it so you know that say tomorrow is a big day for x what does that actually mean like how do you even mm-hmm. start the task of thinking right well what do i need to prepare for x like what do i need to have for it and then in order to have it what do i need to do to prepare for it like what does my bag need to have you know where do i leave my bag so i don't forget it like what time do i need to leave for it all of those steps um mm-hmm. so even quite small i think in our household things that i as a neurotypical person think are relatively straightforward i find that i have assumed that they are too straightforward because for me they are quite straightforward um and it's actually trying to having to undo some of those things and they realize actually no these things are so tidying for example is one of those things that we often talk about so for me tidying is quite straightforward so things are left in places that shouldn't be where they where they live and therefore you put them in piles and you put them back into the places where they're supposed to be so the kitchen or the tool cupboard or the laundry basket or whatever um and to me that's a relatively straightforward task and it's obviously something that is um kind of important when you're living with young children right to keep the house orderly (laughs) tidy and then you also know that it's quite an adhd autistic trait to actually like things ordered and tidy but then when it comes with an executive dysfunction of not actually being able to tidy um, Mm. because perhaps either they don't know where to start they don't know where things go they actually don't know how to go about the act of tidying and Mm -hmm. then it becomes overwhelming Uh, and then there's literally you can't even start the task because it's just become too much yeah, uh, and then it's a vicious For circle me, because the house gets even messier and messier and messier, and yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, and it's funny because, uh, and uh, I don't know. Um, maybe there's there's uh, the autism thing um, coming into this, but for me, especially tidying clothes and things like that, mm. it's just it just gets in it it gets more and more and more it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because I'm like okay I could put this jumper away I could fold this t-shirt but then I open my cupboards and my wardrobe and I see that actually there is chaos in there so I'm like okay so I have to fold all those too because it doesn't really make any sense to just fold this one if all of the others aren't folded but then I notice that if I fold all of those, then really to do actually a good job at this, I would have to reorganize the whole wardrobe because it doesn't make sense the way it's now. And it just like, it just like gets more and I can't, you know, and then it's overwhelming and I don't do anything. (laughs) Um, Which seems silly, but it's, yeah. No, it, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's not silly, uh, but it actually, that to me, makes a lot of sense anyway. Um, yeah. But obviously, that will impact kind of like every. I mean, it's very, it's very difficult. You know, school life, work life is so neurotypical and full of executive function mm, and expectations yeah, yeah. of your ability to be to have executive function and and it yeah. is actually you know if you also you won't have but in parenting books it's one of the things that especially kind of more behavioralist 
type of Harrington books is one of the things that you're told to drill into your child from a very young age is to teach them and enable them and to promote their executive function so that they're beginning yeah. to get independent of parents and adults you know um this is like a key a key part of what you as a parent can pass on to your to your yes. child um yeah uh, and it's true that it's you know very necessary to be able to function in many many different sides of society but it's uh, an understanding that uh, both as you said for autistic and adhd people it's it's um it is really difficult i mean the, fun- the funny thing is that um the cliche or the stereotype for autism is uh, the sheldon cooper one right there's mm-hmm. this episode in big bang theory where he reorganizes someone else's um walk-in closet and everything's color coded afterwards and everything's like you know like immaculate and things like that so um, there seems to be like some aspect uh, for some autistic people at least to whom that that doesn't struggle at least with the tidying thing yes, yes. but um i think for adhd with the executive dysfunction thing it's just kind of working with what you can do and I think a lot of um, strategies to work with ADHD, to live with it and to kind yeah. of like make it work for you yeah. is to accept what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of just um, started having boxes for things um, so that things still have a place where they go but they don't necessarily have to be tidy in the box. Yes, yes. So I have one place for all my T-shirts and I have one place for all my trousers and I have one place for my skirts and things like that, but I don't fold them anymore. But mm. at least they're sorted. Yes, there's an area, <laughs> and I, there's an area for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, you know, like this works for me. I will never get to the folding bit and I don't, won't beat myself up for it anymore. But if it's in a box, then at least it doesn't upset my... Um, the autistic stimulation overstimulation um, that I can get from like visual chaos yes because in the box and it's away (laughs) yes yes Um, and I will find things so it's just kind of like having like a workaround and not beating yourself up um, about not being able to do it yeah yeah okay then another thing that we've talked about was um working memory difficulties um so uh struggle with instructions uh forgetting what which one comes next or which ones have already been done so this kind of is similar to i think traits within executive dysfunction is having this kind of poor working memory Mm, yeah 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 um for me with the instructions thing i've heard this from a lot of people i don't necessarily have that if i know where i'm going so if someone starts with instructions and starts telling me okay do x do z to do whatever and i don't know why i'm doing all these things what the end goal is then i can't follow it i can't concentrate on it they have to tell me what we're aiming for first and then i don't have problems with um with following the instructions but if someone doesn't tell me where why we're doing this and where we're like you know like wanting to be yeah um yeah but i don't know um, if this is like um just a me thing um, yeah but i've heard this a lot with the instructions and with like i think a lot of people struggle with things like uh cooking or baking because mm. um they get muddled with the instructions and the recipe 
companies and with the amounts and with keeping track of what they've where already they got done. to yeah 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 and, I think um yeah yeah we have struggles with what we call chained instructions so it's something mm -hmm. where you might say right can you take this thing go upstairs put it in your second drawer and then take out something from your first drawer and blah blah like that is an instruction that I will not give certain people in my yeah. family because there is absolutely no way that they will remember anything after go upstairs yes so we have to really <laughs> break down the tasks and just do them and so there's an element for me of project management of saying right well you've got upstairs right so could you open this door and then you know have you done that bit and have you done them because our chances are like on the way upstairs you know something else caught their attention and going yes. upstairs hasn't happened, you know, or they're on the steps reading this magazine that they found or, you know, like whatever that is. So this um, this working memory for them of, of just holding the instructions in their head and completing them, because obviously that goes with the executive function, um, mm. can be a struggle. So, uh, yeah, we don't do many of these kind of chained chained instructions in our, in our, in our house. Yeah. I think the other thing because is... Because the like, problem... Sorry, mm. Because the problem, again, is while you're going upstairs... Your attention isn't kept by going up, up going upstairs. That's not not interesting enough. That's not yes. you know, like keeping you. So your mind wanders, wanders off yeah. to something else, and then whatever you were told to do or whatever you wanted to do is just gone from your mind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the other thing that um, happens in our family as well. So we've actually uh, had to overcome this was. Um, remembering what it is that you're about to say so literally it's like it's on their head they've got to say this thing and uh, I, I think initially like I said before we knew that we had ADHD in the family we would try to be very fair and say let's take it in turns to say what it is that you know if if, if quite a few of us want to speak at the same time let's take it in turns um, but then we'd find that the people with a poor working memory would forget what it was that they wanted to say um, and therefore would get super frustrated that um, they had had to wait all this time, but couldn't keep the thing that they wanted to say in their head long enough to then say it. Yeah. Um, so we've had yeah. to kind of um, take that away a little bit and just go, right, let's go with the person that's going to forget the thing first <laughs> and, <laughs> and go with them. Like, even if it's off topic, just so that they can yeah. park what it is. Or we've also tried to say, can you go and record what it is that you're going to say into a uh, phone or on the video yeah. so that you don't remember and then we can play it back when we're ready? Yeah. Because it literally could be, I am in the middle of a meeting. I cannot stop what I'm doing right now, or I've got an urgent task or, you know, the, the, the stove is on <laughs> and something is going to burn. Like you yeah. need to, but you need to offload this information. Otherwise it will go out of your head and you'll get really frustrated. Yes. So we've been trying to do that with a slightly limited success, but at least it's like, you could go and park it somewhere or write it down or something, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah, we know yeah, yeah. that your working memory won't hold this thing that you're dying to tell me yeah. uh, right now. I've also had it that when I'm trying to hold on to something that I want to say in order to not forget it, I can't actually listen to what the other people are saying. Uh, so obviously that also then in your scenario defeats the whole point of taking turns. Yes. So because if that, not it doesn't matter if the other people talk first because I can't concentrate on what they're saying because it, that would mean that I forget what I want to say. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm going to hold yeah. it on. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. And then um, so the next thing uh, I think is great that you've written because you've written this long examples, uh, which I think is just so typical as well. So do you want to work, uh, talk us through it? 
Oh yes. <laughs> um, well, it's it's a similar thing, right? What we were in all of these things are so related. Uh, I have days, and I think a lot of ADHD people can um, empathize with this, where I can't really finish tasks, where I can't. I don't know, my brain is kind of like skittish and it's just like moving around so much and I will think, oh, I should go and tidy this. And then on my way of going to tidy this, I notice that actually the cupboard that I was going to tidy is actually broken. So I need to fix it. So I need to, in order to fix it, I need to go and get the toolbox. But on my way of getting the toolbox, I noticed, noticed that um, I actually have some paint in the shed because I've always wanted to paint this one wall in my um, bedroom. So I will grab the paint and go to paint this one wall in the bedroom. And then I'll notice that actually there is a pile of clothes on the floor. And that's what I had been wanting to tidy all along. And it just like goes on and on and on. And you just turn around in circles and don't do anything because you like on your way to do a certain thing, you get distracted by something else that you have always wanted to do. <sighs> yeah <laughs> and your size your size is it all it's exhausting it's not always like that that's the funny thing it's not you know um at least not for me i don't know if it's if for other people it's always like that but for me it's a bit similar to the whole autism thing that if i'm overwhelmed if i'm stressed or certain you know that um it really depends on kind of like my general well-being, mm. how bad some of these things get. Um, so yeah, there will be days where it's really bad and days where it's not bad at all, where, yeah, I can manage just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and I think the last example we've written here uh, is inattention. So uh, forgetting things, um, not not doing certain stuff or getting part way through a task and then not so forgetting it, not realizing it's been done. So an example of that is you might boil the kettle to make a cup of tea, but then you've forgotten that you were going to make a cup of tea. So there's this tea bag in a cup on a counter several hours later, uh, <laughs> the kettle was boiled and cooled and no cup of tea was produced uh, because they've kind of forgotten that's what they were going to do in the first place. Mm, yeah, I think there's like an, I don't know if this is just an ADHD thing or if this is like a, like a separate thing that just a lot of ADHD people struggle with. The whole um, object constants or object permanence that you kind of, you don't remember that something exists unless you actually see it. So right. you might be yes. in the kitchen and boil the kettle and have the teacup ready. But as soon as you go to a different room, the you can't see that object, the teacup anymore. So you completely forget about it until you come back to the kitchen and you see it and you're like, oh, no, I made tea like an hour right. ago. Yeah, exactly. And it's all um, cold. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that's the kind of I mean, obviously, there are more um and i think you're reading or you've been um kind of working your way through uh an audiobook that you found quite interesting at the moment right yes yes um shall i say what it is or are we yes. like um, yeah, no please yeah. do yeah 
Yeah. Um, yes, the audiobook that I've been following a I've been following a I think they're originally a TikTok account, but I've seen them on Facebook and on Instagram. ADHD Love. And they've written a book now. It's a couple. Um she's ADHD, she's got ADHD, he is uh, neurotypical. And they've written a book that's called Dirty Laundry. And they talk a lot about, um, I mean, similar things what we've done now, but in a lot more detail, different uh, ADHD symptoms and how they've kind of like dealt with them and the big topic of shame um, around ADHD. And it's a really good book. I can really, really recommend it. Right. Yeah. I um I had a look at the blurb and I just uh and I really felt like it spoke to me and spoke to us as a family. Um so yeah, I'll definitely be checking out. Thank thanks for thanks for highlighting that for us. Mm. I mean they it's really, really interesting because they do both perspectives. They do her perspective from the ADHD point of view, mm. and then they do his perspective too. Because obviously, um one of one of the things they talk about is uh, the whole losing thing. Um, that ADHD people lose a lot of things, yes. um, which for me has never been a problem, but I've heard it from lots of friends. Yes. And yeah, I mean, apart from like, you know, like the heartbreak and, the, you know, like when you have actually lost something that, that maybe a lot. someone, yeah. yeah and, and someone gave it to you as a present or something, they mm. are going to be really hurt. Right. And mm. to not take that personal and to understand that the ADHD person didn't do that on purpose and that yes. they really can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, other than, you know, like, I don't know, not take it anywhere where they can lose it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, um, so having both perspectives and um, kind of talking about, you know, mutual understanding of these things is really important. And I think that's what they do in this book really well. Oh, great. Okay, great. Thanks for that, Fran. Um, and then I think the other thing that we've been talking about, obviously, because you've been talking about the um, autism and the ADHD, which uh, just for those who don't know, can often in the neurodivergent will be combined into a capital A, uh, lowercase u, DHD, so all DHD. Or DHD, which stands for somebody who is both autistic and ADHD. So I think uh, often this diagrammatically gets represented as a Venn diagram. I I think it works quite well as a Venn diagram. So there is an autism circle and there's an ADHD circle and then the Venn diagram the bit the overlap bit um can be quite large or quite small depending on the person obviously because it's different for different people different for every person uh but there was definitely always going to be some overlapping traits but then there were also traits which kind of act like they're counter each other which I think we've spoken a little bit about earlier you know where you might have say some autistic trait work which wants you to be really organized and tidy um but then an adh trait uh, of not being able to start a tidy because it's just so overwhelming and requires executive function and um and these kind of traits kind of work against each other so do you want to talk a little bit more about um how how common it is to be both autistic and adhd 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched a few videos on this and read a few articles um, over the past year. And I think the problem with anything related to how common it is, is that both ADHD and autism are so underdiagnosed. Yes. And I think we always have to keep in mind where these numbers come from. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen this person in the video saying that she's um, found loads of studies that said between 30 and 80% of autistic people also have ADHD. That's mm. actually like, a, you know, like, I mean, between 30 and 80, that's like, you know, um, not, not, not a very precise number. Um, yeah. It's not very helpful. But yeah, we've talked in previous podcasts about how underdiagnosed um, autism is. And I'm sure it's like similar for ADHD. Yes. So I don't think there can be like an accurate number on any of this. Um, neither how many people actually have ADHD, nor how many people are autistic, nor how many people are both. And um, like you've already said, there is an overlap in symptoms um, that, you know, both autistic and ADHD people have, like the executive dysfunction thing. And, um, but yeah, um, there is apparently a lot of people who have both, who are both, however we want to phrase that, which is um, quite interesting <laughs> because the stereotypes of both of these things are so different. <laughs> We've got, you know, like the autism thing of someone who's like only interested in this one thing, who likes quiet and who likes routine and order. And then we've got the stereotype on the other side for the ADHD of someone who's hyperactive and maybe even loud and unorganized and um, everything's cluttered and um, how these two fit together seems just looking at the stereotypes to be just like impossible yes but um, I mean we've we've talked so much about how these stereotypes are inaccurate that it um, should be a very big surprise that um, it is actually possible to merge those two things and um a lot of people identify with having both because they start out like me realizing they're one, but some things just don't quite fit. And they, you know, they don't, it's not, yeah. We, we say, obviously, every autistic person is um, slightly different, but still there are like some things where you think like, mm, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't really identify with this trait. Mm. Um, and then it progresses to identifying with the ADHD and kind of like noticing that you identify with certain things in certain situations that go beyond the, this is just a shared trait of both. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, it's like, um, I'm uh, one, one of the, um, ADHD traits that we haven't really talked about is is the impulsivity. Yes. That there is um, a lot of ADHD people who in certain situations and um, under certain circumstances can act um, very in impulsively. Yes. And I noticed that for me that I do that a lot. But as soon as there's kind of like 
if you ask me if I want to do something, I can be super spontaneous and I say yes, and we can do that immediately. But if you give me five minutes to think about it, then my anxiety will kick in and my autism will take over and overthink everything and plan everything and get frightened and doesn't want to do it anymore because I've never done that and um, I can't possibly do that and um, so it's kind of like you know like it tips over yeah, <laughs> from yeah. one to the other if you give me too much time to think about it and um, yeah but if yeah you, so, so I can kind of like balance it out and I can manage myself um, by just agreeing to things quickly and not overthinking too much if I think it might be something that is actually safe but would cause me too much anxiety if I focus too much. Um, so it's it's quite quite interesting um, to have both. Um, yes. But also, I think it is uh, one of the reasons why many people um, are undiagnosed because certain traits can kind of like mask each other and can mm. be less extreme in a way yes and yeah. then you aren't detected as much and then obviously you also can't get help as much <laughs> if you don't know and if no one's ever told you yes which yeah. uh, is a problem obviously so as we were preparing for this kind of um slightly unprepared uh podcast you did do some research <laughs> didn't you on on adhd characters in k-drama how did you find that um yeah because it came up in some of the comments on our episode on our past episodes um i was obviously curious to see what k-dramas were out there with adhd characters and i'm not entirely sure if i've suddenly because i'm usually very good at finding stuff on the internet as i'm sure um a lot of people are but um i've not come up with much to be fair on this mm. there wasn't a great many results for adhd characters in k-drama whereas if you google autistic characters in k-drama you find a lot of lists at least and they might not all be accurate and they might be you know like just autistic coded characters or just people who think maybe some you know they saw something somewhere but there are lists <laughs> and um I haven't so far found a lot of lists for ADHD characters and I was very curious why that might be. Mm. Um, so obviously we don't know the, <laughs> the answers to that question, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think my, like my, my opinion, shall we say on it would be, mm. I think firstly that um, I think a, it's not very well understood. So I think that uh, if somebody thought to themselves, Oh, actually I could create a character that is ADHD. I think they'd only really see the hyperactivity side of it and think, well, that's not necessarily an interesting trait, right? Uh, and maybe mm. I think for them, on the surface at least, that an autistic character is is so much more different um, than mm. somebody um, who is neurotypical and provides them with that uh, contrast or slash conflict or the you know the foil against a different character, and so they're much more likely to find that a more rich seam to develop a character with um rather than you know somebody who is just maybe very hyperactive and easily distracted yes yes and i and i agree with that that it's i wouldn't have phrased it as it's not very well understood but uh, the way you said it makes a lot of sense i would have said more it's kind of like normalized in a way 
Yes. And it's kind of like, like I knew when I was growing up a lot more people with ADHD than I knew autistic people, but it was always kind of like, oh yeah, you just, you know, like it's just that disruptive kid, whatever. It was kind of like dismissed. And maybe Mm. that's what you mean with it's not very well understood. People are like, oh yeah, they're just hyperactive. They're just disruptive. You know, some get medication for it. And that's the end of the story. And um, I feel like maybe it's just, um, yeah, a part of society so much that people kind of don't get curious about it. And maybe that's then why it doesn't either doesn't provide enough material for, you know, creating those characters and creating conflict and creating drama. Or there is a lot of ADHD characters in dramas that are just people don't notice them so much. And they're just, they don't stick out as much. They're maybe not um, as exaggerated Mm. as uh, autistic characters are often portrayed. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point, yeah. But yeah, if our listeners have any uh, have any you know like ideas about this, uh, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yes, definitely. So uh, we do have some though, right? We have a, a couple that you wants to highlight. I've got one as well. Um, so who's on your list of potential people that uh, might be potentially ADHD in K dramas? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think um, our journey started with extraordinary attorney Wu, and there were a lot of voices on. Twitter, who were suggesting that uh, Uyong Woo's best friend, um, I think her name was Dong yes, that she might be ADHD. Um, yes. So that's that's one one of the examples I have, and then obviously, like um, we've said earlier, suspicious partner, the female lead, uh, Bong Yi. Um, which actually to me makes a lot of sense. I, I Until someone pointed it out in the comments, I hadn't thought about it. But when they said it, I was like, oh yeah, it makes so much sense. The way she kind of like hyper-focuses on the, those cases um, and the way she forgets everything and she, she forgets to shower and um, she gets greasy hair and everything. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it made so much sense. Yes, I think so. It's kind of slight air of chaos and a bit of, I mean, I kind of always thought of, like, she is one of my favourite female leads, partly because she seems to be a bit of a mess, like, mm. um, but in, in, a, in, a, in a nice kind of good, adorable way. Um, yes. But then, like you said, on certain things and certain issues, she's is just absolutely just on it, you know, um, but then to the detriment of everything else. Um yeah, like you said, her personal hygiene, her own mental health, her own, <laughs> yeah, her own sleep and, and the rest of it. Um, yeah, and then on the attorney Wu suggestion, so um yeah, I did um yeah, I like the fact I like the thought of because often neurodiverse people attract neurodiverse people, right? So um mm, yeah. uh I, I kind of quite like the fact that they are such good friends because of their neurodiversity, kind of brings them together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've um I've lived with a, an ADHD person like years ago for a couple of months and we really clashed because I needed rules and I needed, you know, like certain things and she just couldn't do any of that. Yeah. And it just didn't work out at all, but there's so many stories of people saying that autistic and ADHD people are really can be really really good friends because yes. they can kind of like balance each other out and complement mm. each other in really good ways 
that um, I think, yeah, both of these examples that I thought of um, kind of um, draw from that, uh, you know, like we've got Nojiok as autistic um, coded and then Bongi has potentially ADHD coded and they're kind of like, you know, she draws him a little bit out and gets him out of his, you know, like isolation. (laughs) And he kind of can... uh, help her be a little bit less chaotic and take care of herself a bit better, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, really sweet, really. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my example was uh, actually from Grace. So um, my uh, co-host for Afternoon Asks, um, we had been talking about uh, Looney from Prison Playbook because we've just finished um, the Jung Hae In uh, fan meet podcast uh, where we mentioned him because Jung Hae In is in in prison playbook with him and um yes yeah, it's just that perhaps actually that uh, looney was adhd have you watched prison playbook no i haven't no you haven't so no. okay it's really good basically uh looney is oh, he's called looney because he he's a drug addict so he's in the prison mm-hmm. um as a, as a drug addict and he is uh uh try you usually looks like he's got himself high off some some kind of drugs that have been managed and medicines or things that have been managed just to be snuggled into the into the prison i'm not going to give any spoilers but he has a very poignant arc um but there is uh research around adhd and people and substance abuse uh, and the kind of yes. higher likelihood of adhd people um taking and trying drugs um which I think is understanding, understandable given what we t- talked about earlier about dopamine and the need for a dopamine rush. Um, but that is partly, you know, some of the research that's uh, that is going on at the moment around the high prevalence of um, drug abuse in in ADHD people. I think it's not just um, the dopamine thing, though. It's also the um, the shame thing um, and kind of feeling like you're a failure. Because a lot of the times people will see those hyper focus episodes and they will see kind of your potential um, to achieve certain things, to learn about certain things when you're in these, you know, like hyper focus episodes. But then because you can't manage that, you can't actually be always like that. You can't live up to those expectations and you just kind of beat yourself up over it and yeah and I think that really 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 does people's heads in and it's really really hard to manage in terms of mental health and um, self-esteem and things like that when you can't yeah just yeah uh, yeah. so I think that's that's also like a reason why a lot of people slip into substance abuse because um, they kind of like just um yeah (laughs) need need that um to kind of like numb everything and yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. totally understandable right so um i think that's kind of the end of where we were going to get to with uh, our introductory podcast on adhd um so as we've mentioned a few times if you've got any ideas about characters that you've seen um that you think might be adhd just uh let us know and we will definitely be doing future episodes uh on adhd and also perhaps also bringing on some other own voices to talk about the topic um Mm. 
Maybe when Jay joins us again, we can do a um, more structured episode on this topic. <laughs> what are you saying about our podcast? <laughs> anyway, so I, I genuinely, I hope that uh, for those of you who perhaps didn't know a lot about ADHD or those that did, but it was a nice refresher that it was uh, an interesting podcast uh, for you. Um, and then uh, obviously, hopefully, uh, Jay will be better soon and we'll go back to recording the episode that we were going to record. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also talk about some of the uh, and uh, we've got future podcasts lined up as well on, on different topics. So shall we round out by talking about what we're uh, what we're currently watching? Are you are you managing to watch much K dramas at the moment, friend? Um, no. <laughs> 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 is the is the answer to that um yes i don't know this if this is like an autism or an adhd thing um, jay said that she knows um this feeling but i just nothing on tv be it films k-dramas be it you know like it doesn't matter but just like anything on a screen that's like moving pictures can't hold my attention at the moment. Um, My brain just doesn't do it. So I'm reading a lot. Um, I'm reading a lot of fan fiction, but um, obviously we all know that I'm a huge Chichangok fan and he's got a currently airing drama, The Worst of Evil. And I've heard a lot of really good things about it. And I don't do very well with currently airing dramas. It stresses me too much, but I'm going to wait until it's finished airing and then I'm going to watch it. And I'm actually really looking forward to that. So, Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I haven't yet started it either, actually, Um, partly because I know it's very violent and I'm just not really in the mood for watching that right now um but mm-hmm. i too am also going to wait until everyone's finished and i can get a feel of whether or not people really love it. i mean so far it looks like lots of people are really enjoying this drama so hopefully if it lands its ending then uh again i, I will also start uh, assuming i'm in a i'm in the mood for more violence so <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually watching quite a lot at the moment i'm watching uh, a lot surprise. of currently currently yes yeah, yeah surprise no it's actually um i did go through a phase because i was so busy last month with with work and with travel that i was barely mm. managing to watch anything um yeah. so now i've kind of come back with a vengeance of watching like tons so i'm watching a lot of uh currently airing um i'm currently part way through so i'm up to date with uh twinkling watermelon which is a time travel um drama uh with romance with comedy um but it's surprisingly good um I mean you shouldn't judge a book by its cover but it was one of those dramas that you just kind of thought was going to be like a, a like a nice fun watch but it's actually a lot deeper and uh more emotional and much more self-assured and confident in its writing um than I'd I first thought it would be um so that's uh definitely one to watch and I'm I'm enjoying that so, so uh one of the families one of the main families that's featured uh they're all deaf so actually they start with the backstory of this drama uh with this family um so it's actually really nice to see that disability on screen and represented I think or hopefully I think uh, relatively authentically so that's really good for K-drama um and then I'm also on My Dearest um which dropped its first 10 episodes earlier on this autumn and then has dropped now its second set of 10 um and i liken it to gone with the wind it's very epic historical um 
probably not going to have a happy ending um, but, in, uh, but it's a beautiful uh, amazing amazing story uh, uh, really really emotional and I'm really really enjoying that um, and then I'm watching A Good Day to Be a Dog um, have you heard about this one Fran? I have so, actually today um... you have yeah so it's one of these balmy like because it's based on a webtoon as all these ones are where like webtoon webtoon authors are just the most imaginative authors ever mm. I just love their ideas so basically the female lead if she um kisses someone uh she will turn into a dog at midnight uh that night and uh then wake up as a human at six o'clock in the morning um (laughs) and then uh, that will happen for a hundred days and within that hundred days she has to kiss the same person but as a dog to lift the curse and if she does (laughs) not manage to do that she would be a dog permanently um so uh yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun um but unfortunately the episodes are only dropping one episode a week um i know which is kind of crazy and then this week this last episode episode three just dropped and there was a 14 day wait between episode three and episode four so i've kind of said to people who don't like you know lots of gaps just wait until it's all yeah. out um, before starting yeah. that but it is um unexpectedly charming and fun um and then i'm still wading through something in the rain which i started as part of my post in fan meet watch mm, yeah. um and um i'm in the back half of the drama which i know a lot of people struggled with and i'm on episode 13 and it's really moving like treacle so oh, i'm no. struggling <laughs> i'm struggling and hard but i really want to finish it just to kind of be done with the drama but the first half was super charming and i can totally see why mm. people do really love the drama but um i'm afraid the second half is really spoiling it for me mm. um yeah so so yeah that's my current quite large watch list <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can say that i did um progress on see you in my 19th life Right, which I do really enjoy. So I've only got one episode left. So it's ah, literally just okay. So you just got um, one more to go. So I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing that we're not talking about is how far you've got with the Untamed. No, because um, I want to get this assignment for school out of the way, which is on Wednesday. Right, and after that, I'm going to do it a bit more free. So basically, yeah. the Untamed, right? So just to say so jay is a huge untamed fan she's proper Mm. a proper proper fan of this drama and so um she wants to do a podcast on it and we agreed that we'd do a podcast on it and i think we've talked about doing a podcast on it on the previous podcast um i started it i gave it 15 episodes which is a lot of epi- I mean, it's a 50 episode of drama so it's all relative right but they're um, only 30 30 minutes each, they're only so, 30 you know. yes yes so it's like the equivalent of episode eight i guess for a k-drama but it goes to 50 so that's 25 or a... yeah anyway so yeah. Yeah. i've given it a good go <laughs> but it's just not doing it for me so yeah. um i have um played my joker and said i am bowing out of this drama and also the podcast because i don't want to be luckily luckily the fandom is so big that uh, jay has a lot of friends who um, are very keen to join us on this podcast so 
I'm very so, sure it'll happen. Absolutely. So there will be an untamed. And Fran is still committed to finishing it and, and joining in with that podcast. So mm-hmm. I really um, like the first episode. Yeah, that's good. So if you also uh, fancy joining in the Untamed uh, podcast run, then now's a good time to start because obviously you've got 50 episodes to fit in. <laughs> and uh, hopefully by the time you're done, then the podcast will have been out and uh, you'll be able to listen in to the whole the whole podcast with spoilers and all. It is supposed to be a really, really good um, autistic COVID character. So I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to hearing your podcast on it. Definitely. Just not watching the, the whole of the rest of the drama. Um, anyway, so uh, on that note then, I think uh, we're going to sign off and we will see you next time for another episode of Afternoon Ask ND. Okay. Annyeong! Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed our pod. Follow us on our Instagram at Afternoona Asks or our website www.afternoonaasks.com. To get more K-drama content from a writer's lens, follow our sister pod, Afternoona Delight. For any BTS fans out there, our other sister pod, Afternoona Army, is here for all your needs. If you want to hang with us and other K-drama fans, do consider joining us on Afternoon of Delight Patreon. There are different levels for you to access. Go to www.afternoonadelightpodcast.com to sign up. Finally, if you have any questions for us, please feel free to contact us via our socials or our email afternoonasks at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, see you next time.